Hello, hi, and welcome to this episode of Speaking About Speaking. And as you can see for this exciting episode, I have with me the lovely John Esperian. John, welcome. Thanks a lot for having me, Jackie. Always a pleasure. I mean, it's it's great to have you here. And I don't think uh, I've really had an excuse to have you on because obviously the the um, you are relentlessly helpful <laughs> LinkedIn nerd is obviously the words you use yourself so I'm not being rude there uh, but just sort of thinking about you as in terms of speaking and speaking about speaking mm -hmm. and I just suddenly thought yes of course exactly it's what you do and it's what we have been talking about in uh, on a panel that we were both uh, in a, at an event we were both at this week about personal branding so welcome John you are as I say the relentlessly helpful LinkedIn nerd, you are a LinkedIn trainer. Tell us a little bit about how you got there because it's not where you started, is it? No, it's not. So in a nutshell, I used to be a software and hardware tester for about a decade. And after I got made redundant, I became a copywriter for more than a decade. So I've got a technical background and I'm able to explain how stuff works as well as understanding how it works. And I turned all of that into understanding how LinkedIn works and explaining it to people. So now these days I'm a LinkedIn consultant who helps small business owners to, to get a bit more visibility and understand the best way to use LinkedIn without doing any of the, the cheesy, you know, spammy sales tricks. Um, yeah. So, yes, that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. So did you then start using LinkedIn for yourself, for your copywriting business? That's why I got active on LinkedIn. It was around 2017. I was looking for leads for my copywriting business. Social media wasn't turning up anything for me. Twitter, Facebook, those weren't generating leads. LinkedIn, once I dedicated myself to it, started returning results to the point where almost 80% 80, 80 of my leads were coming from LinkedIn and those people were paying me more for copywriting jobs. And I became so well known for the LinkedIn tips that in the end, it made sense to actually drop the copywriting altogether and just go wholesale on giving people LinkedIn advice. And that's what I now do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, brilliant. If there's anybody out there listening to us, I'm going to swap you over, John, so that I can make you larger if uh, if you if I want to want you to fill the screen. If okay. you're out there watching or listening, then please do get involved. Uh, put a comment in the comments if you want to ask John a question or myself doesn't specifically need to be about speaking, but that's kind of why we're here. Hi, Mary. Got Mary Wu here. Uh, oh, let's see. Hi, Mary. It's kind of interesting how LinkedIn works when you're active on the platform. Would you agree with that, John? Uh, well, you get the best results if you are active. I mean, 95% of people do not regularly post content on LinkedIn. So they are very often the either just the consumers or they're completely inactive and, and those people don't tend to get any kind of goodness out of LinkedIn at all. The people who show up on a regular basis sharing something of interest to an, for an ideal audience, uh, they're the ones who end up building a personal brand as we talked about last week um, and they're the people who get results from this place, yeah. Yeah, uh, and we've got Gillian Whitney here all the way from across the pond. Nice. Uh, I'm not sure where Gillian is at the moment. The last I heard she was on her way to... Uh, uh, to New Orleans from Las Probably. Vegas. So, yeah, I know that you're speaking to her soon, aren't you? So I'll be I'll be tuning in for your live with her a little bit later today. Fabulous. Yeah, we're a bit of a live community going on here. And Chris Loma says, always great to see you and listen to you, John. So, so hi from Chris. Uh, so tell us, John, 
obviously from your software background into copywriting and then to LinkedIn training mm -hmm. and the, the LinkedIn tips, how have you utilized your speaking for your business? And when did that start? Well, actually, the, the speaking started when I became director of an editorial society. So early on in my copywriting career, I was also studying editing and proofreading, and I ended up becoming a director of an editorial society, the largest one in the UK. And I would speak at their conferences in the UK, so to an audience of up to 150 people or so. So that was my first introduction to public speaking, which at the time was was quite scary. Since then, I've done uh, lots of appearances on stage at conferences, smaller talks, and I'm a regular on video as well. And after you've done something for a while, I think the fear starts to dissipate. So I'm relatively comfortable being on camera, speaking in front of a crowd, especially when it's a topic I know something about. And as I said, that that event that we were at together last week, Jackie, I think um, video and by extension appearing on stage has a very, very high content density. So it's, it's your message gets remembered. If people can see you animated, they can hear your tone of voice. So as well as just getting across the information, they get something of your personality with it and that makes you memorable. That's one of the key things of having a personal brand is you're remembered versus everyone else who's doing the same kind of thing who doesn't speak up and doesn't get remembered. So having a speaking component, a video component online and an in-person speaking component, I think is a is a really powerful way of just setting yourself apart from everyone else. So speaking is really, really important. And the more you do it, the, the better you're going to get at it. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us, tell us, um, how how one in particular important uh, moment that you were on stage mm. was very important for your brand and for your business. Tell us, it, tell us how yeah, that came about. It really was. So I was at sta on stage in Edinburgh uh, at the Content Marketing um, Academy's conference there, and I was asked an unplanned question by my mentor, marketing uh, legend, uh, Mark Schaefer. He said, how are you going to remain relevant in a world with lots of options? And without thinking about it, I just said, I'm going to create relentlessly helpful content. Uh, that moment was caught on camera. And a couple of people told me afterwards that 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 moment really landed. You know, we really remembered that. That's a that's a great phrase. And it really sums you up. And that that moment has stuck with me. So now I use relentlessly helpful on everything uh, as a way of re reinforcing the personal brand. So um Sometimes a moment like that on stage can just be the crystallizing thing that, that turns your business. And, and one of the whole reasons I wrote my book is, is for other people to not have to rely on that kind of moment of good fortune. You can, if you think about it, do some introspection. You can come up with your own personal brand identifiers and, and come up with something that is differentiated and memorable. So, um, yeah, if I hadn't been on stage, I don't know where my business would be now because that moment wouldn't have happened the way it did. And um, I, I might be down a totally different route. So it was really important. It's funny, isn't it, with personal brands? Because, uh, well, I just have to, let's just say hello to Jeff. Jeff Young, hello. Uh, greetings, Lord John Esperian, he says. <laughs> Great to see you again. Namaste. And Kevin Turner, good to see you here live, John Esperian. Go grand, never never bland. I love that, <laughs> that saying, uh, Kevin, that's great. Um, no, it is strange about asking or what other people uh, can help 
when you ask them with your personal brand, because I did a similar thing. I was, but I, I was in a breakout room with a couple of other people that I'd never met before, and we were discussing our businesses and uh, coaching specifically and what we did. And just talking to those two ladies that were in the room with me, one of them said, "You help people market themselves effectively," and the other mm -hmm. one said, "You help people show up powerfully in the world." Mm. And that, for me, was the moment the power to speak came into nice. being because, yeah. because that, again, it's it's not until sometimes you put yourself in front of other people that you get that feedback and you they see things in you that you don't see yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's a rare person who has enough self-awareness to be able to find what they are all about by themselves without any external help. I think if you speak to, if your friends and family know what you do, you can ask them. But I think if you can find your best ever client and just ask them to talk about what you do for them and just record what they say or listen very intently and look for some of those key phrases and try and develop them into something that is differentiated and memorable. That's the important thing because a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking about their values and then coming up with something that is actually quite bland and anodyne you know it's i'm professional yeah i'm friendly well you know okay brilliant but that's that's not going to be the difference maker you need to go a level beyond so yeah. um yeah finding those maybe slightly unusual adjectives and adverbs that, that really actually get to the root that that smallest set of words that define what you're all about and then once you found it just repeat it relentlessly because uh, yeah. it's it's that's the way to be remembered um yeah. As, yeah. so long as it's true that's the other thing it's like don't just come up with a fancy tagline just because it's memorable it's got to be true as well <laughs> otherwise you're going to get rumbled aren't you so you have Absolutely. to i always say you make the biggest promise you can keep and then stick to that so the bigger the promise you know the, the more work you're gonna have to do to keep it but the more likely you are also to be remembered if you can keep it yeah but uh, yeah, it's it's what I say when it's certainly when I'm speak, uh, speaking to speaking clients, you know, is to obviously be yourself because you can't get caught out that way. But mm -hmm. you you do uh, need to find find those words that other people are using about you. I also asked uh, some clients, some former clients, a couple of friends and um, some people that I'd worked with what they thought of me, what they thought my superpowers were, what they thought my weaknesses were. And actually, that's how I kind of shaped my personal brand, because those words from them had to be authentic. They wouldn't have told me that otherwise. So that was a that was a way of using using them to, to create a, a personal brand. Gillian uh, says, love hearing mm. your origin story. Oh, the magic that speaking can have on our life. Absolutely, Gillian. Yes, and Jillian's been involved in Toastmasters, hasn't she? So, so speaking is a really important thing for her, and um, she's actually going to be one of our speakers at our conference next month. So, I can't wait to meet her in person and, and see what she actually delivers on stage. I'm sure it's going to be fab. I'm looking forward to it too. I'm going to be there. We're going to be talking about that very, very shortly. Just to say, Mary, we uh, make the biggest promise you can keep. And as I said to you earlier, John, before we got on the screen, that is exactly what I was. <laughs> that was another one of the ones that you'd said during the week that I mm. wanted to make a note of. Make the biggest promise you can keep. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, and James, 
I once made a documentary film that turned someone's life around. I have been shy to promote this on LinkedIn or any platform because I didn't want to sound arrogant. I wish there was a way to sound humble about an accomplishment. Any advice on how to do this? Well, I mean, from my point of view, I would say, is that one person's life that you turned around the only person on the planet whose life could have been turned around by that video? And if the answer is yes, then you have no need to share that anywhere. Uh, if the answer is no, if that thing could genuinely be of service to someone you could help, then you could argue that it's selfish or irresponsible of you not to promote it because they're someone who's in desperate need who might need that helping hand. So if you think about it in terms of service, um, hopefully that will give you the courage to just go, this might actually help someone. I'm not exploiting anyone here. This is a good message. I'm I'm proud to stand behind this. Here it is. Yeah, absolutely. I I often find that um, that people are are not are they're not not that they're not willing, but they don't want to blow their own trumpet because they they are frightened of sounding arrogant. You know, if they get on stage and they're doing a talk, but there is a fine line between arrogance and confidence. And I think as long as you are doing it of service in your being yeah. of service to somebody else and it's not about you then i think it's perfectly fine to blow your own trumpet but you have to do it with humility don't you you do and you've got to be cognizant of of the you know the feeling of your audience you know if, I, if i'm speaking to a british audience <laughs> you know that that probably curtails some of the things i might want to do versus if i was speaking to an american audience for example but yes if it's all about service um then then that, that's the main thing that that's what matters and the more you practice the more you can get the confidence of just the mechanics of the delivery and and then you'll become really good at that thing and you don't need to ever become arrogant but 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 action breeds the confidence and, and gets rid of the fear so so just practice is yeah. is, is the real answer yeah. And practice to somebody else, James, you know, do it out loud to somebody else. If you're going to, you know, if you're going to be doing a video around it or you're going to be talking about it and then they will be able to give you feedback as to whether it sounds like you're, you're, you know, you're bragging or you're being arrogant or it's not about the audience. It's about you. So, yeah. But let's, the other reason uh, I wanted you on, John, was to talk about the fact that not only have you been a speaker and are you speaking and on panels and all of the other places that we see you on video on LinkedIn, but you have decided to set up your own conference yes. and become a, and then go out and find speakers for that conference. So yeah. tell us how that came about the uplift live. It came about because I've been to too many conferences where LinkedIn, which is my subject matter specialism, isn't covered at all or is covered in the most superficial way you could imagine you know make sure you upload a profile photo kind of thing i thought we need to do something that's a bit more in depth and i want serious well-regarded speakers to talk on this subject so um i i tapped up the people in my network we've got some international speakers coming we've already mentioned jillian she's one of them coming over from las vegas well let me show um, them there we go there we go. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, we've got speakers from the UK, from Europe, from uh, the USA coming over, and we're going to have a whole day of, of learning and networking and helping people to do LinkedIn a bit better so they can get you know some better results for their business without doing some of the things that you see people on LinkedIn do, like um, you know running engagement pods to try and get more 
visibility and, and, and other tricks that LinkedIn would probably ban you for if you got caught. So it's all about ethical marketing. There's, there's nothing to do with advertising here. It's just these are the methods. If you follow them, you'll understand the platform better and you'll be able to do more business if you if you execute on those plans. And LinkedIn for me is, you know, responsible for most of my income now. Obviously, I'm a LinkedIn trainer, but even when I was a copywriter, I kind of learned the best practices and an increasing proportion of my income came from LinkedIn. And, and the key thing that got me there is because I realized that the people who were finding me on Google were paying me 30% less than the people who were finding me on LinkedIn. So that, that's the consequence of the clientele that you find on LinkedIn and the kind of personal brand that you can build there. So if I can do that with a copywriting business, I think people can do it whether they're window cleaners or logo designers or whatever. So we're going to get together and we're going to talk about all, all of the best practices for, for, for making that happen for you. Well, do you think LinkedIn then doesn't do their own conference because they don't want they to don't. give anything away? Or? They don't. No, they, they tend to be quite an insular organization. They don't run their own conferences. Uh, and so this, this will be the first conference of its type in the UK, not quite in the world, but in the UK, it's the first of its type. Bit of an experiment, but we've already issued 175 tickets for Birmingham. So um, if anyone is thinking about, you know, investing in getting some more success from LinkedIn. Um, there you go. Nicola I mean, Dickinson, hello. Says, yeah. ooh, that sounds interesting. Whereabouts will it be held online or face-to-face? -face? Yeah, so we're holding it in Birmingham, the UK's second city, and it's on the 21st of March, all day. Um, we will have an online component, but it will be a recorded set of captioned and transcribed talks. So we're not doing a live stream on the day because I, I've been to events where people have tried that and there are tech failures and so forth. So we thought, let's just record all the sessions and then we'll polish them nicely and give them to people uh, if they can't make it to Birmingham. But I think the best experience will really be come to Birmingham, meet a load of other enthusiasts and, and, and experts and people who just want to learn how to do things the, the right way. We've got a pre-party going on the night before in Birmingham, and um, it's going to be fun. And we've got some really top speakers. I'm, I'm amazed that everyone I asked to say yes um, is actually coming along to speak. So I, I think it's going to be a great event. Yeah, brilliant. Well, there's there's the uh, the link there if you want to go and sign up for that. Brilliant. Uh, this wasn't meant to be a, a sales pitch for the for the conference, but I think it will be really, really useful for everyone. And I'm really looking forward to it myself. So I certainly will be there. So tell me then about how you chose the speakers. What what was it about the um about the well, people that you've chosen that 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 uh, you know you you chose them? The, these are all people I've known for years, and not all of them I've met face to face. But I know that they're all ethical operators. They really know their subject. And they're not going to do any of the things that you see that are negative at some other conferences. Some people just stand there and promote their course or, you know, buy my book. And, and it's all just about sales, sales, sales or, or some spammy tactics. We won't be doing any of that. Um, so so these are people right at the top of their game. I call them the apex operators of LinkedIn so that they all know their topic. And we're covering lots of different things, you know, company pages, live streaming, algorithm insights. It, it's pretty much everything you'd want to see from LinkedIn covered by the people who know it the very, very best, an independent set of LinkedIn uh, trainers from around the world. So I'm really proud of that that lineup. I've got the, the best people I could, I could get hold of. And um, yeah, as I say, I think it's going to be a great event. 
It is. It is. Um, so in in terms of, obviously, you've said how that, that you've known most of the speakers. Mm -hmm. If you were doing this again, and uh, I just, for the sake of the people out there that are listening that want to get on stages and want to be part of conferences, what do you think that they should do to, to make themselves... You know, well, I think I think they should dem they should demonstrate some competence in in what their 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 chosen field is. So I'd like to, if I were assessing someone for the first time, I'd want to listen to them on a podcast interview, go in depth about their subject. I'd want to see them on a live stream answering questions in the moment where they can't just run off and Google the answer. They've got to kind of know what they're talking about. Um, and in an ideal world, you'd like to actually see them, you know, even if it was in a recorded setting, just see them on stage. What what they like when they hold a microphone. Um, so so maybe they could do some test videos and, and show off, you know, what, what their body language is, what their tone of voice is. Uh, you know, do they sound like automatons or have they got a bit of personality about them? That, that you know, that stuff matters, that, that energy that comes across when someone who kn knows something and is passionate about communicating it. That's really valuable. So anyone who can demonstrate those things is going to be well ahead of someone who just says, you know, I'd like to do this, but I'm not going to give you any evidence of that. So get yourself on podcasts. There's loads of podcasts out there. A lot of hosts are looking for people who are subject matter experts. So put yourself forward for things. You might get an interview. Um, you can run your own live streams. You know, it's completely free to do. You don't have to ask permission. You can record your own videos. You know, you can be the person who gets selected. It's, uh, it's something that one of our mutual friends, uh, Trevor Young, talks about. You know, you can be picked. You can be the person who's at the front of uh uh, the conversation because you can make these things yourself yeah and it is again going back to the discussion with mark we've got mark masters here listening so well done that was teed up for birmingham fabulous mark um yeah it's it it was what came up last week isn't it it's, if you don't if you don't show up if you don't take that first step uh, and uh, however difficult it feels how uncomfortable it might feel unless you step in front of some kind of audience whether that's yours or somebody else's, you know, you're, yep. you're not going to be the one that's going to get picked. You really do need to step outside your comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, I, I'll use the same analogy that I gave uh, at that uh, panel we had last week, which is that you know, everyone's first time is going to be terrible, most likely at doing these things. But if, you know, if I asked you to bake a cake and you'd never bake bake the cake your first cake is probably going to be terrible um, but so is everyone's but if i asked you to bake a cake every day for 365 days then after a year you're more than likely going to have baked something that's delicious Absolutely. and you're not going to bake a good cake until you've baked quite a few bad cakes i should imagine so you've got to practice and, and the best time to start is now yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, talking of Mark in the uh, in the comments there, Mark Masters, it was uh, his You Are the Media event that we both were at last week and it you were on the, on, the, on the panel talking about personal branding. Mm. But Mark has got the Creator Day conference coming up soon. And both of you, both you and Mark, are going to be on the stages speaking at your own conference. That's so, right. <laughs> how, how does that feel? How how do you how do you go about writing your your particular piece for that when you are surrounded by who you know to be the best of the best? Well, I'm going to be analysing everyone's talks soon to see what gaps I can fill with my own because the last thing you want to do is run a conference where there's loads of overlap between the content. But I think for me, given the body of work that I've put into LinkedIn over the last several years, it's probably more a case of 
what do I leave out as opposed to what do I put in? Because there's, there's plenty I could talk about. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I was actually on stage for Mark at last year's Creator Day. I'm going to, again, just as a delegate to sit in the audience and enjoy it. But uh, we had a Q&A and that's actually, that's one of my most favorite bits of being on stage is, is the Q&A component. Because that's when you really know whether someone knows their stuff. If they haven't got any notes, they haven't got Google in front of them and you you can fire questions at them they will show you whether they really know what they're talking about or whether it's just all padding and smoke and mirrors. So that that's actually, I'd love a whole day of Q&A, frankly. That, that yeah, see, a... I, I would too, but I think a lot of people <laughs> do kind of, you know, it's the, the worst possible thing for, for some people that they, they, they're, not, they're not prepared, I suppose. Which is well, why I put, I put my speaker club guys through a bit of improv, you know, they have to mm -hmm. talk off the top of their heads because it just gets them really in, in the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good practice. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be bad if everything were perfectly scripted because anything that knocks you off your balance, you're totally lost then. You don't know what you're doing. So yeah. you, you really need to know your topic so that, you know, if there is a power outage, let's say, for example, you don't need your slides because you know this thing back to front and, and you can talk on it uh, from any angle without any problems. Yeah. I mean, quite often, if I'm if I'm faced with half an hour of a live when I haven't got a guest, I, I start out thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to fill 30 <laughs> minutes? And before I know it, <laughs> yeah. I've done it. I've done it. Um, we've got uh, Jeremy here. So Jeremy uh, Freeman is saying Google in John's head. It's all in there, John. <laughs> it's all in there. Well, not, not, not quite, but <laughs> trying. <laughs> and then hello, Haley. We've got Haley saying the famous post-it note wall. Explain the post-it note wall, John. Yeah, that's just, I mean, I've got a blank wall behind me and I just thought £10 worth of post-its and I can put the names of the people in my Espresso Plus community up there and and at the same time reinforce my um, my brand colours. So blue, green and orange is, is, my, is my brand colours. And then I've got a row of pink post-it notes above, which is the names of the eight speakers that are going to be at the conference next month. So it's, you know, it's a very, very cheap decoration, but you'd be surprised at the number of people who comment on it and say, you know, what's that? And and then, and I've just also adorned, uh, you might see some of the post-it notes have got a little black plus on them. So they're, they're the members of my community who I've met in person. Ooh. So my, my aim is to actually put those little pluses on all of the post-it notes and then say, right, I've met everyone in my community, but since some of them are in Australia, it might be a bit of a, might oh, be a right. bit of a drag to do How that. How many did you say there are? We've got about 200 members um but they're spread all over the world about half of them in the uk but the rest are just all over the world so yeah actually actually meeting them all might be a bit of a challenge but it's a nice thing it's a talking point and it's one another one of those things that that people will talk about you know that it'll re remember you for it so it, it might seem a bit silly but 10 pound is is a, is a really good investment for me because that gets people talking about me and yeah. and that's a win yeah certainly more so than than a you know a um what do they call it a a superimposed background yeah i mean i used to be honest i used to do that but i i just think that's this is a bit more fun and yes um, yes yeah, i think the, the fact that you, you can tell that there is writing on them but you don't know what it is so, yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my my camera is not that good a resolution you see so you can't see the detail Excellent. uh jeremy saying i prefer speaking unprompted than being prepared for a talk i think i think mm. you know some people love it some people hate it but um but I think if, as long as you know your stuff and it comes down to that self-awareness and that, that confidence, doesn't it? That you're comfortable, you know your subject hmm. and you're comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, enough to, absolutely. To yeah, if you, if you know the subject, there's really no problem at all. You could talk for hours 
Um, if you don't know the subject, then you, you will falter and it will be obvious to people. So, yeah, read up, do your practicing and you'll be fine. Yeah, perfect. Well done. Good. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're just about to come to the end of our half an hour. Uh, so Mary Wu says, I'll be glad to meet you if you come to Nashville. Well, do you know what? It's been 20 years since I've been to the USA and I've got a whole load of people I'd love to see there on both coasts and in between. So, um, yeah, if I do ever come back over, then um, yeah, we'll make that happen. Do you know, I'm planning, I'd love to go to the States this year just to, because it would be good to meet meet the people in real life that you've sort of, I've, I've met so often. And yes. um, Hayley Hudson says it's actually his massive to-do list for John, world <laughs> domination. Well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll see. It's on the to-do list, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I got told off, well, not told off, but I I was on a podcast and somebody asked me what my aim was and I said world domination, half jokingly, and you'd be surprised how many people commented and said, well, isn't that a bit, that a bit much <laughs> for world domination? It's like, why? <laughs> I can ask for it if I like, not going to get it, but well, you never know. Thank you so much for being here, John. Please, mm -hmm. if you've got any last questions for John on LinkedIn, if you want to know, uh, tell us a little bit more just before you go about the community then, how people can get involved in the espresso community and what and what what you do within the community yeah i mean if you look me up on linkedin then then my banner image is always about um is always about espresso plus and what's happening so it's a community for small business owners and we we uh help each other with learning about linkedin best practice and then just in general online visibility and then there's also the the kind of the accountability side of things. So we do regular Q&A calls. I've got one later today as it happens where people can ask questions. We set accountability challenges. So, you know, I'm going to do three videos next month. OK, right. Well, we'll see about that. I'm going to hold you accountable and we're going to follow up, you know, to make sure that people actually take action because that's, that's what that's what matters. And it's a private community. So people tend to share a bit more and about the business frustrations and ask questions that they might feel a bit you know, a bit, bit testy about sharing publicly because they might look a little bit silly, but but there's none of that in the community. And and it's um it's a really supportive bunch. So um, if you want to find out more, we've got monthly and yearly memberships and I've been running that. It's just, we've just over the two year anniversary of that now. And it's called okay. Espresso Plus. Espresso Plus. And people can find out about it on your website there, esperium.co.uk. Yeah. Brilliant. Last question before I let you go. What makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck, in your opinion? I think the probably the worst speakers are those who are trying to just shove too much in your face and you never remember any of it, or or they just don't do it in a in a kind of memorable way. So it's it's all one tone. I would rather someone with a bit of personality come on stage and just think, I'm going to deliver three points that you're going to go away and remember. And I'm going to do them with a bit of style instead of trying to get 100 points in by machine gunning them out, you know. So it's all about the takeaways. So so bring as much personality and energy as you can, uh, but but aim for less uh, and you'll probably get a higher retention rate in terms of people going away and going, I enjoyed that. And I actually remember some stuff. Yeah. Good point. Perfect. Yes. Uh, Mary Wu saying she loves being part of the hot seat for a Q&A. It's showcase showcase yeah showcasing my knowledge from answers and doing client research from the questions so yeah good point mary brilliant brilliant well thank you so much for being here john um just before we go that's me power to speak.co.uk if you want to ask me anything and you can hear me talking 
on the lovely Gillian Whitney's live in about an hour and a half's time on uh, LinkedIn and YouTube too. So come and join us. Come and join us there. But thank you so much for your time today, John. I really, really appreciated you being with me. You're welcome. See you again soon, Jackie. See you soon. Cheers. Bye.